sponsored program paid for by Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. Welcome to Rochester Real Estate, featuring Robin Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. Welcome to Saturday morning. It's always a good morning on Saturday mornings. Well, Saturday is, depends on what you do for a living. <laughs> Saturdays tend to be 12-hour hectic days for me, but I love okay. them nonetheless. Okay, it's Robin Gwaltney with Gwaltney Group Remax Results, of course, this morning. And good morning, Robin. Good morning. So the news this week, the headlines this week, dominated by inflation. The worst we've seen since I was a teenager. Okay, so that, you know what, it's funny you say that, because when I was reading an article about inflation, it said the worst since 1981. And I remember, I graduated high school in 1980, and I remember thinking, oh great, the world's just going to go to heck, and the, everything's <laughs> going to crash, and I'll never be able to afford to eat or have a car or a house. I mean, I remember all the headlines about inflation and scared the daylights out of me. And, and then I remember in 85 buying our first house and I remember the high interest rates that we paid but somehow we did it and somehow we ate and somehow we had cars and it wasn't great and it I mean the headlines scared me a lot more than the actual living through it and then guess what it got better it wasn't forever and it got a lot better a lot better yes. <laughs> so, cyclical is the nature of the game yes it is and I mean I've seen articles. I saw one um, new, newly released article that in March, 48% fewer homes closed in Minnesota. That was put out by the Minnesota Association of Realtors. 48% fewer homes closed this March than last March. Okay. Well, first of all, we don't have a lot of homes available. If we had more available, I'm guessing more would close. So that's one factor. But then it's also, um, I think people were buying homes like crazy to use for VRBOs or um, even, you know, to use as rentals. They were just taking advantage of the interest rates. And then as the interest rates went up a little bit, they're like, okay, we'll just stick with the house we have. And right now, maybe not the time to buy a vacation home or a investment property. So I think we've seen some of that happening. But following up to that, we got an email from one of our bosses at Remax Results to say that he was very happy and proud to say that closings for Remax Results agents were only down by 5% in March. Oh, wow. So, you know, what he was basically getting at is that it's going to be a tough road to hoe for some realtors, you know, for the realtors. If you don't have the listings, it's really hard to make the sales. So the companies that kind of have a, a corner on the market when it comes to the listings really are at an advantage. So I'm super happy through these crazy times and this manic market to be affiliated with the company that I am, that's for sure. So those Remax results numbers, that's upper Midwest wide, Minnesota? That's our whole, our whole company. And our most of oh, our okay. company is, Remax results is mostly um, the Twin Cities, Rochester, St. Cloud, Austin, Red Wing, 
obviously Wabasha. So, I mean, okay. we have, you know, we have a pretty good coverage over the state, but, you know, statewide, 48% down in March, REMAX results, 5% down or 6.5 or so. It was really small okay. number. So, yeah. And, and as you pointed out, if you start to break it down, um, it's not just the higher interest rates. It's the lack of inventory. It's the decision-making right. on investment properties. I mean, All of that plays a factor. Yeah, obviously the biggest obstacle out there right now is just a lack of affordable homes. And we are going to have to see, you know, more affordable homes being built or more second, you know, second homes or even, you know, dream homes, whatever. Because as people move up, then the other houses that they live in become available, right? So we just need, we need more houses to be built, period. Right. And I noticed the trend over the last 20 years of uh, even within the city, the lots getting larger and larger, which is nice to have the larger lot, but it adds significantly to the cost of the project of building the new home. And I happen to be on one of the older lots when a quote unquote postage stamp lots were common. Yeah. Yep. And it made it a heck of a lot more affordable. It made it a lot more affordable. Are you familiar with the land trust, Andy? I've heard, yes, I, I am familiar, yes. So, like, that's what Rochester Area Foundations does to keep um, homes affordable. Because, like you said, the price of the land adds a significant chunk to the, the final price of the home, right? So, with the land trust, they actually own the land that the house is sitting on. And you buy the house, and you're basically renting their land okay and then there's just depending on there's different land trusts with different um stipulations but when i speak specifically to the rochester area foundation for first homes then when you go to sell it you have to sell it to someone for the market price because it's to the whole idea is not to make you rich off the fact that houses just went up. It's to keep that affordable housing available for the next person who needs it. So when those houses are listed, that's what they have to sell for. And so if the house for first homes is listed for 250000 and somebody really, really wants it, they can come in at 250000 period. Oh. So that now we continue to keep affordable housing available. So I think we're going to see more of that kind of creative thinking, more um, not just through Rochester, Rochester Area Foundation, but other developers and investors will figure out a way to put together neighborhoods where they can keep the costs down and make homes available for families. And if it's through some sort of a land trust or something similar, I think it's going to make sense. I think we're going to have to start thinking outside the box because if the rates keep going up, which according to everybody, as long as inflation is going up, rates will go up. And it's just kind of the way they, um, you know, it's to pursue quantitative tightening, right? It's the way they balance things. And so... It's just the way it's going to be. And right now, I think um, they say the rate of inflation in March was 8.5%. And that doesn't factor into, it's probably much, well, not much. It's probably a bit higher than that in reality because that doesn't include rents. It doesn't include uh, smaller package sizes. 
that right. up here in the grocery store, all sorts right. of different factors. Right. Well, but, you know, like just the gas. People say, oh, gas is so high and, you know, it's expensive to drive my car. Well, it's also expensive to fly places. It's also expensive for companies to fly parts and pieces and things and, you know, everything. It, it affects everything. Well, you go back to the early 1980s when we had, if you had a 5% interest rate in 1980, you were throwing a party. Oh, heavens. <laughs> that was 10 points less than what people were paying. Right. Yeah. Ours, for, was, ours when, was literally 14%. But at the same time, if you factor in inflation, the price we were paying at the pump for gasoline was maybe double what we're paying today. And we Correct. were driving monster gas guzzlers at the Correct. time. Correct. That is, oh my and gosh. Somehow <laughs> we. see my car. <laughs> <laughs> my first car uh, was a 1972 Crown Victoria LTD. Yeah. And we could fit four <laughs> girls across the front seat and four across the back seat. And boy, that baby did eat the gas. And a good day, it got eight miles to the gallon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But somehow we managed to weather that storm too. Yes. And, and that's the thing, you know. It's going to be fine. It's just that when something is going so great and then all of a sudden it changes, you know, you've heard me over the past few months talk about the fact that my daughter and son-in-law are building a house. He's just in a panic attack. He's like, oh, my God, when the, how high are these rates going to go? Are we even going to be able to afford this house? I'm like, you are going to be fine. And, you know, of course, Jenna works for me. So I just tease and say, I guess I'll have to give Jenna a raise so you can afford your payments. <laughs> You're going to be fine. But yeah, yes. it is scary. It is scary. I, yeah. I remember being that person. I remember being that young person reading all of this and thinking, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to ever own a home? It's never going to happen. And, you know, then after living through it and watching, like you say, the cycles and it's like, eh, I'm less, I'm less affected by the fact that we're dealing with this right now. I mean, I know I, it's making life really hard for some people, and you know, I'm very empathetic about that, but I know it, this too shall pass. And also remember that the interest rates where they are now at a little under 5%, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right, right around 5 That's still on the low end of the scale. <laughs> It is. It really uh, the normal, is. the historical norm is around 6%. 5 to 6, yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. We're fine. But it does affect people like, you know, if they could lock in at 2.5, oh, I'm going to buy a house over here and a house over there. And you yeah. know what I mean? Even though the rates for investment properties are always a little bit higher, well, a little bit higher than 2.5 is still really good, right? So, I mean, I think that's okay. the kind of things we're going to see changing. All right. We're going to. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back and have more to say or chat with uh, with Robin Gwaltney. Gwaltney Group Remax results on News Talk 1340, Carol C.A.M. at 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. If you are a man over 40. Remax results and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to the program. We're talking Rochester, Rochester area real estate, southeastern Minnesota. Uh, we, Robin, you mentioned that it, the statistics show that perhaps fewer and fewer people are buying second homes, vacation homes, that sort of things. Um, are people still doing the old-fashioned flip the home thing, buy it, try to buy it cheap and flip it over and sell it for a little bit of a profit? 
thank you for bringing that up because I caught myself saying investment properties. And as I was saying that, I was thinking, well, not that's not when I meant investment. When I said investment properties, I meant like the ones that they were buying to use as v, VRBOs or Airbnbs. Right, but rentals. They are still, yeah, they are still flipping. They're definitely still flipping. As a matter of fact, home flipping activity is at its highest point since 2006. Isn't that crazy? That's surprising. Number, yeah. And the number of homes flipped grew by 26% in 2021 compared to 2020, which was a huge, in 2020, it was already going crazy. And now last year's flips compare are actually comprised 5.5% of all home sales in the nation in 2021. So it does make a little sense because if home prices are rising as rapidly as they are, even if you pay a premium price for a home, your odds of selling it for more than you paid for it are pretty good. You know, and I think it, it's still profitable, but the profit margins have definitely, um, you know, gotten tighter. They're not making as much, but at the same time, they are doing such a good service by providing affordable homes. You know, it's like taking something that was worn out and tired and somebody maybe couldn't even get a loan on it because there were things that, you know, it wouldn't have passed during the appraisal if they have to do an FHA loan or a VA loan. And, and then they're fixing it up and replacing the windows and, you know, replacing the roof and putting in new flooring and just making them nice homes. So it, it, it's good. It's um, a rehab project. It I suppose is, and- the... The way to make money at that is sweat equity, isn't it? Do it yourself. That There you go. That's the thing. The guys that can do a lot of the work themselves or they have their own little network of people that work with them for a you know good price. If somebody had to buy one and then just hire market rate contractors to do all the work, A, it would probably be a big headache to get anybody in there if you don't already have that established relationship. And B, it would probably take so much time that you're paying for the house, you know, while you're getting it done. And then the price you'd pay would probably definitely eat into your any profits that you have any hopes of making. I have a question for you. Going back to interest rates. Yes. As they're rising, but they're still at a relatively reasonable level. Right. Are we seeing people trying to rush into the lenders and and lock these rates before they oh go even gosh. higher? Oh my gosh, absolutely, absolutely. I actually am working with a buyer right now. She's like, we just have to find a house. We wanna get locked in before these rates go any crazier. And especially because they had been in the market previously and then got out. And when they were in the market previously, you know, the house, the rates were like three, three and a half. And so then they got out for a while, rented, they're back in the market. And they're like, what? Now, you know, now they're kind of in a panic mode. Like, how do we know they won't be seven, seven and a half, you know, because they've just seen them go up so fast. So they're ready to buy. They're chomping and they're not the only ones. There's a lot of people out there that just want to get locked in before they go any further. On a related note. Are we seeing sellers being motivated by the interest rates rising as well? That they're thinking that if I don't get the house on the market now, I may miss out on my chance to sell at these yes elevators? Yes and no. It just depends on what their plan is, their next step is, right? If their next step is to downsize, they're still pretty motivated. If their next step is to buy a lake home, they're pretty Dis- disappointed because sure. you know they're harder fewer fewer out there and harder to come by and prices have gone up and of course the rates have gone up so the people that have saved their money built their wealth through their home and are going to downsize and pay cash they could care less what the rates are 
And so they're, yeah, they're ready to say, okay, let's get this sold while somebody can still come in and pay big bucks for it and, you know, afford the payments on the loan with the mortgage rates. And then we'll take our cash and go buy whatever it is we're going to go buy. So in other words, there are going to still be opportunities within this market as rates go a little higher. You know, Lawrence Young is one of the economists that I follow closely. He's um, works for the National Association of Realtors. And he said that overall nationwide prices will be up this year. So uh, it's not like the market's falling apart or values are going away. Prices are gonna be up about 5% on the average. But what that's gonna do, because they're not going up as rapidly, and the reason they're not going up as rapidly, of course, is because the interest rate is gonna keep them down a little bit, right? So what that's gonna do is it is gonna cause um, more people say, let's let's buy now because we're not gonna be competing against 12 other people and the prices have kind of leveled out. So it feels a little more sane now. So everybody's mindset is a little different. But he says that, yes, there will be 10% less sales in 2022 than there were in 2021. But 2021 was an anomaly. I mean, it was was... a crazy, crazy good year. So when you look at the numbers of sales, they're really right on track as they were with 2018 and 2019, which were fabulous years in real estate. I mean, who knew the pandemic would make real estate have these two crazy successful years. And again, it's because people were buying up properties right and left. It's funny how our- Properties, I mean, it was just going crazy. It's funny how our expectations changed too. After going through the hyper insane market of the pandemic, a return to a healthy, robust, normal market is seen as a disaster for some people. Or at least that's their perspective, and it's yep, yep, it's ironic. I, yeah, I just find that strange. And, it, and going back to the several years we've been doing this program, you have predicted this happening all along. That eventually the interest rates will have to go up because the market is getting out of control. I, you know, I spend so much time studying my industry. I feel like I need to be an expert, right? I mean, a lot of people rely heavily on me to help guide them to make good decisions with their money. And so I don't want to take a shot in the dark. I want to know what is going on. So I read a lot. I spend, you know, people say, what's the last book you read? I'm like, if it has nothing to do with real estate or the market, I haven't read it in <laughs> many, many years, okay? Because when I have time, I'm just trying to learn more about my business. and. I feel like what I have grasped and believed has all been right. So, I mean, there's different opinions across the board, but there's certain people that I I tend to really follow and um, believe, and they seem to be right. I mean, they seem to know what's going on. I don't know if you remember this, Andy, but a couple of years ago, I came on the show and I said, oh my gosh, I found this article. I should actually look for it and, and bring it up one of these weeks, and it was, 10 cities where homes would become unaffordable in 2022. I do remember that. Remember that? And do you remember number eight was Rochester, Minnesota? I do, And when I read that, I was like, what? And here we are, it's 2022. And for many buyers out there, homes are unaffordable. And so it's crazy, but- Somebody had a crystal ball, that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's very true. It, but okay. I do tell people, oh, you've got to take a break again. We do. Okay. <laughs> it was, so we'll find out what Robin was going to tell us right after this break on News Talk 1340, Carol C. AM and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back with Robin Gwaltney and Andy Brownell on Rochester Real Estate. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Pay for by bank on yourself. Have you been putting your retirement savings in a... Gwaltney from Gwaltney Group, Remax Results, and Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk. 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Back with Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group, Remax Results. And Robin, I interrupted you mid-sentence to take a break. So we're, we're all waiting to see what you're going to tell us. Well, I was saying, <laughs> I don't want to sound too gloom and doom because A, it's not my nature. And B, you know, I have good friends that sell real estate on the East Coast and the West Coast. And when I talk to them, I think, okay, we don't have it so bad. You know, they're still just, I mean, really, really short of inventory. Like they have buyers to come to town and they don't even have options to show them. So they are like, okay, people have had to cancel their flights. They were flying in to look at houses and there are zero available. Wow. Or, you know, their prices went up 30% last year and those prices haven't gone down. So they're still there. And then with the interest rates coming up a couple of points, it's like, whoa, baby, those are expensive homes. And their prices are much higher than ours. So when people say to me, Robin, you don't really think that housing prices here in Rochester and southern, you know, southeast Minnesota are going to go up anymore, do you? I say, I promise you they are. I promise you they are. It's not whether I think they are. And I promise you the prices are not going to, the bottoms are not falling out. The prices are not going down. We're just going to see what I've been consistently saying, and that is that they're going to go up at a much slower pace. So a 5% price increase year over year sounds a whole lot better than 18% or 23% or 30% or Austin, Texas was 35%. I mean, some of those price increases were crazy. So if nationwide it kind of slows down to an average of 5%, that's just going to be better. But yeah, I I can tell you they will still go up, just not as fast. And the way they rose over the past two years, I think it made everybody nervous. Yes. Because it creates this, the other shoe's going to drop. Yes, yes, yes. And this is what, just like you said, this is what I have been predicting. I've been saying it's going to have to stabilize. It can't keep going at this crazy rocket pace, right? It has to level out. And that's where we're at now. We're at that level out phase. And if you, we mentioned earlier the, the segment of the market that is really hurting is that affordable housing yes. end of it. And the first time home buyers who are facing steeper hurdles than well, they The wages aren't have. keeping up with the house prices. That's the problem. Oh, right okay. There. You know, the the house prices have just rised a lot faster than people's wages. And I know, you know, I've spoke about this because I have this involvement now in Wabasha with the um, housing committee, but there's so many jobs that have, you know, not not great pay and it's a small community and it's it's what they get, but then there's no housing to match the pay. So we've noticed that some of the places, some of the employers are giving substantial raises just to keep people working there because with gas prices 
up, right? If they have to drive from Winona or drive from Red Wing or drive from Plainview and they have to come and work for whatever, $14, $15 an hour, they're probably going to say, hmm, the price of gas, I don't know that it makes sense for me to keep this job. Right. So and a lot of a lot of people in that position are buying or driving some pretty old vehicles that are not the most efficient either. Exactly. And that adds to the, adds to the problem. Yeah, I think for they their said finances. that the cost of gas for the vehicles um, actually made up like fifty percent of the cost of living hike. So oh. that makes a big difference. Well, part of what I look forward to, because I think this will drive a lot of innovation, because obviously the demand exists and somebody will tap into that demand and they'll come up with new materials and new strategies and uh, technology that will come up with a housing model that will match up with the needs of yeah. the people who are in and that that's market. And that's why I was talking about um, like a land trust, you know. If you think about it, when I first got married, Scott and I lived out in Stewartville in the mobile home park. And it was called Sud- Southern, I don't remember what the name of it was, but right at the edge of town. And the reason that it was affordable is you could, we had a very, very nice trailer house you know and it was it had all brand new carpet and new flooring and new appliances and it was ours and we weren't paying rent and we paid ten thousand dollars for it ten thousand bucks took us five years to pay for it and then when we sold it five years later we sold it for ten thousand bucks so then guess what we had a nice down payment for our brand new house in 1985 which or in um, 1989 rather which was seventy eight thousand dollars Yes. So a $10,000 payment was a really nice down payment. But it was an affordable place to live, right? And a lot of people just starting out back in those days, a lot of young married couples, a lot of our friends lived just in a a few trailers down. You know, people make jokes about living in the trailer park or whatever, but it was a very smart way to live affordably. And unfortunately, it sort of changed over the years and and they became, you know, so many of them run down and kind of got a bad rap. But there are still some nice ones. You know, I don't want to call the um, the gardens a trailer park because it's not. But remember when the gardens came to town out in southeast by the oh, yeah. movie theater? And yeah. they're, they're modular homes that are brought in and they pay lot rent, I believe. I mean, I think it's just very much the same basic idea. And it just makes it more affordable because they don't have to buy the land. And I know the Zumbro Ridge, I think that's what it's called, Zumbro Ridge Estates. Um, the one that's in northeast along 63. Now that's oh, actually, yes. it's owned by the people who live there. Yes. And so they're reinvesting in the property and trying to make it into a really nice little neighborhood it, of so affordable nice. homes. And that's exactly what you're talking about. We just have to think outside the box, right? And make make ways for people to build some equity, you know, have something so that they are not just take, I mean, of course, some people are still going to be renting. Everybody rents at some stage of their life for some period of time. And we have to have good, we have to have good rentals because there's definitely always going to be a need for rentals. But that, like you always say, that dream of home ownership is real. And I think people really um, cling on to that idea of 
building that equity, starting to build their wealth, knowing that when they go home, that belongs to them. And, and I'm telling you, I loved my little $10,000 trailer when that was our home. I was so proud of it. And when I was able to live there for five years and get all my money back, I was excited about that. I'm not ashamed to say it. It was a smart way to start and yes. save that money and then you know, I said invest in a $78,000 home. And then when we sold the $78,000 home, when we bought it for 78 and sold it for, I think, 178 or something like that. You know, so, I mean, it's it's the way you build wealth. There's it no is. no doubt and, about it. And if you would like to start building wealth or build more wealth through real estate, I imagine you have a phone number that folks could call to, to get that rolling, right, Robin? Absolutely. Happy to help. And, you know, anything you want to run by me regarding real estate, please give me a call. My cell phone is 507-259-4926. Well, you have a great Easter weekend. Oh, you too. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Robin. Thank you so Sounds much. Sounds great. Bye-bye. All right. Robin Gwaltney, Gwaltney Group Remax Results on News Talk 1340, Carol's the AM and 96.9 FM. News Talk 1340.